the American people will soon find out if the United States is going to war. Fires are raging across Brazil's Amazon rainforest. At the stroke of midnight, the U.S. hit China with tariffs on $34 billion worth of goods. Hurricane Dorian made landfall with wind speeds of 185 miles per hour. Multiple drones bombed Saudi Arabia's largest oil facilities today. 60,000 people have fled their homes in northeastern Syria. It's like these 500-year floods or 100-year floods. They're happening every other year. Anti-government protesters in Hong Kong have taken to the streets. The magnitude 7.1 quake was felt from Los Angeles all the way to Nevada. It is one of the worst escalations of violence on the Israel-Gaza border in years. The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Randy Reams is pastor of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. Join Pastor Randy now as he shares truths from God's unchanging word. All nations will serve him, verse 11. Is that the case today? So my dear friends that I love, respect, that are all millennialists, which means they believe we're in the millennium right now. God's reigning, Satan's been limited in some way. I really don't see all nations serving. Well, that, that's all people groups, because nations use that way sometimes. Well, all, all people groups. Well, that ain't the context when you read Psalms 72. Okay, It says that in verse 12 and 13 that this king will deliver the needy, the poor, the oppressed, those who are oppressed by violence. Verse 18 through 20 says, Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone works wonders, and blessed be his glorious name forever. And may the whole earth be filled with his glory. Now, is that true today in some sense? Yeah, but not in the same sense as this prophetic word in Psalms. Now, listen to the last part. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. In the timing of this prophetic word. Not when it was written in Psalms. Very likely David might still be alive. Because not all the Psalms were written by David. And what you see happening in this thing, David's prayers, someone sitting on the throne forever, and that promise that God gave him, is answered there. Isaiah 11 says some similar things and tells us that the root of Jesse will. With righteousness, he will judge the poor. And decide with fairness for the humble of the earth. He will strike the earth with a rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he shall slay the wicked. That, that's 11, verse 4 and 5. Isaiah 11, verse 4 and 5. Verse 6 through 8 talks about animals and humanity living in harmony with each other. The lion, the lamb stuff. I don't see that now. Does anybody else? Well, then just maybe it's just metaphoric, just general idea of peace. Verse 9 and 10. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea, just in case you want to know what he means by that, utterly, completely. And that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a signal for the people's. Of him shall the nations inquire. His resting place shall be glorious. I don't, I don't see nations today inquiring of the Lord. 
Isaiah actually has a lot to say about eschatology in time stuff. Okay, in chapter 24 of Isaiah, it's talking about God's judgment on the whole earth. Verse 21 and 23. So it will happen in that day, the Lord will punish the host of heaven on high and the kings of the earth on the earth. They will be gathered together like prisoners in a dungeon and will be confined in prison. And after many days, they will be punished. There's some point where they get confined. And then after many days, however long that happens to be, then they get punished. Verse 23, this is out of the Holman Christian Standard. The moon will be put to shame and the sun disgraced because the Lord of hosts will reign as king on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. And he will display his glory in the presence of his elders. Isaiah 25, a chapter later. Verses 6 through 9, And the Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet, and all the peoples, and all peoples on this mountain, a banquet, that is the mountain would be Jerusalem, and the banquet of, goes through what the stuff is, and on this mountain he will swallow up the covering which is over all peoples even the veil which is stretched over all nations. He will swallow up death for all time, and the Lord God will wipe tears away from all faces. He will remove the reproach of his people from the earth. For God, the Lord God has spoken. It will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God for whom we have waited that he might save us. This is the Lord, excuse me, who might save us. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Has a lot of stuff, by the way, in chapter 25 of Isaiah. It's very similar with Revelation 19. In verse 9, for when the earth experiences your judgments, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Verse 21, for the Lord... For behold, the Lord is about to come out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth will reveal her bloodshed and will no longer cover her slain. Notice how often the earth is mentioned in these. Okay? What's interesting is the conditions during this reign do not fit today, and they do not fit the eternal kingdom. And let me give you here an example. In Isaiah 65, God creates the new heaven and new earth. But then it says, but be glad and rejoice in God's current creation. I will rejoice also, or excuse me, I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people, that would be Israel, and there will no longer be heard in her, Israel, the voice of weeping or the sound of crying. No longer... Will there be an infant who lives but a few days? Or an old man who does not live out his days? Notice he doesn't say they'll live forever. For the youth will die at the age of 100. You die at 100, you're considered young. The one who does not reach the age of 100, somebody will think, they'll think he's cursed. Something's wrong. They will build houses and inhabit them. You're going to be, um, anybody here going to be building houses in heaven in eternity? Okay. They will plant vineyards. They will eat their fruit. 
Goes on to verse 23. They will not labor in vain. There will be labor. Or bear, bear children for calamity. They will be bearing children. For they are the offspring of the blessed by the Lord and their descendants with them. And it will also come to pass that before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. And the wolf and the lamb will graze with one another, and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. And the dust will be the serpent's food. They will do no evil or harm in all my holy mountain. That does not describe eternity. That doesn't describe today. There's something in this kingdom that happens there. Zechariah, I'm working on the time. I know it's a lot of scripture, but truth is found in scriptures, not in the word of pastor. Zechariah chapter 8, verses 3 through 5. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth. And the mountain of the Lord of hosts will be called the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord. Listen, old men and old women will again sit in the streets of the, the streets, <laughs> sit in the streets of, of Jerusalem, each man with his staff in his hand because of his age. Um, there are going to be old people who need walking sticks. Is that the eternal state? No. Okay. And the streets will be filled with boys and girls playing in its streets. Verse 22 and 23 of Zechariah 8. So many people and mighty nations will come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem. No, so, so you don't think it was just people groups. Now it's mighty nations in Jerusalem and entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts. In those days, ten men from every nation will grasp the garment of a Jew, saying, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. Has that happened in any, in any history that you know of? I don't, I don't think so. I do find it interesting. It's ten men. In chapter 12 of Zechariah talks about the Lord will save Israel. In verse 10, I will pour, my, pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Now listen, they will look on me whom they have pierced and they will mourn. He's going to come, sit in Jerusalem, and the Jewish people are going to go, uh-oh, As one mourns for an only son, they will be bitterly over him, like one bitterly weeping over the firstborn. Chapter 14, Zechariah, verses 3 through 9. And the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations. Previously, he's talking about these nations coming and fighting against Israel. The Lord will come and fight against those nations as when he fights on the day of battle. In that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, 
which is in front of Jerusalem on the east. So just to make sure you don't think I'm spiritualizing this, guys, it's some kind of Mount of... No, the Mount of Olives, when you look out the eastern side of Jerusalem, that one. And the Mount of Olives will be split in its middle from east to west by a very large valley so that half the mountain will be moved north and the other towards the south. And the Lord my God will come and all the holy ones or saints with him. You know what that means, don't you? I have to be with them before this. Yes? To come with him, I got to be where he is. That doesn't take brain you know, surgeon to figure that out. In that day, we've seen this kind of language before, in that day there will be no light, the luminaries will dwindle. For it will be a unique day, which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night. But it will come about that at evening there will still be light. In that day, living waters will flow out of Jerusalem, half of them towards the eastern sea and the other half towards the western sea. And it will be in the summer as well as in winter. And the Lord will be king over all the earth. Now, when this was written, was God still king? Yes, so it's talking in a different sense than his sovereignty as we know it as the larger picture. In that day, the Lord will be the only one and his name the only one. There will be no other ruler. 16 and 17, verse 16 and 17, Zechariah 14. And the Lord will come about, and it will come about that any who have left all the nations and went up against Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, to celebrate the Feast of Booths. Now, I know we celebrate Christmas on December 25th, but most scholars believe, because we know when and I preached on this, when John the Baptist was born, by looking at the priestly schedule, Jesus is born six months later, Okay? Jesus was born on the Feast of Booths, the Feast of Tabernacles, and he will tabernacle among us. So all the nations of, I'm going to put it this way, and please allow me, give me this liberty, that during this period of time, all the nations will come and celebrate Christmas. All right? Because it's the only real feast that has not been fulfilled. That's late September. I think this year, it's like September 20. 628, something like that is where Feast of Booth is this year. And it will be that whichever families of the earth does not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, there will be no rain for them. You don't come to worship the Lord on the, during the Feast of Booths during this rain. God will bring drought to your country. And this will be the plague the Lord afflicts upon the nations who do not go up to celebrate the Feast of Booth. This will be the punishment. There will be punishment on nations during this time. Was that the case in eternity? I got to move quickly. I'm going to do best I can here. And uh, New Testament passages that speak about this kingdom. First of all, let me remind you of when Gabriel came to Mary to tell her 
she was going to bear the Christ. In Luke 1 and 32. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David. People try to say that means God's throne in heaven. I don't know how they get there. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 28. And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, that you who have followed me in the regeneration, okay, the rebirth, the regenesis, the restoration, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you, the disciples, the eleven, really, will set on 12 thrones. Who's the 12th one? Since Judas is gone, who's the 12th one? Paul. Sit on 12 and judging the tribes of Israel. Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. When God comes to restore everything, restore what? Restore everything the way it's supposed to have been at the garden, where a man rules the earth, the Son of Man. When the Son of Man on his glorious throne... You guys will actually be judges over Israel. That, that means there has to be an Israel. Unless you want to over-spiritualize and say Israel and the church are the same thing. And we'll talk about that at another time. What's interesting, here in Daniel 7, it sort of talks about, and the anxious of the days will take his seat. And we talked about that throne, which is blazing fire. Verse 13 says, Behold, with the clouds of heaven... There came one like the Son of Man. When you see the Son of Man coming in his glorious throne, this is why the Jews got upset and called it blasphemy when Jesus called himself the Son of Man. They knew he was coming out of Daniel. Okay? Now, Acts chapter 1, the resurrection has taken place, right? Well, Jesus then says this, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. We all know that, right? Then they go to the upper room and wait 50 days. The day of Pentecost will be 10 more. So when they came together, they began asking Jesus, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom of Israel? Now, wait a minute. He died? He's going to be resurrected by that point. And he's saying to them, this is after the resurrection in Acts chapter 1. He's telling them that the Spirit is going to come and you guys says, well, when, when the Spirit comes, is that when you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? But he said to them, it is not for you to know the periods and the times and the pointed times which the Father has set by his authority. Don't worry about the timing. This is what you should be doing. But receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you shall be my witnesses in both Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and as far as other most parts of the world. Quit worrying about when this is going to happen. you got stuff to do. Too many people get wrapped up on who the horn is, which horn's what horn, which beast is which beast. That could be confusing to say. All right? That, not, you're missing it. Don't worry about that. you got things to do. There are lost you need to reach with the gospel. And i got to wrap it up. 1 Corinthians 6, 20, or 6, 2 and 3. This is out of the ESV. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Anybody need the Greek in that? The saints will judge the world. And if the world, 
you got to remember, the, the Jews are having problems settling things among each other, making good judgments that are taking each other to court, the, excuse me, the Christians there in Corinth. And God says, look, if you're going to judge the world, can't you handle this stuff? This is the trial for that point. You should be preparing yourself now to be a judge then. Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than the matters pertaining to this life? 2 Timothy 2 and 12. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. We will reign with him. That's either true or it's not, folks. Anybody reigning right now? Well, spiritually, I reign over. Revelation 2, 26, 27. He who overcomes that enduring thing, the one who keeps my deeds until the end, I will give him authority over nations. Anybody here authority over a nation right now? I don't know if I want that job, really. And he shall rule. He uses the same language that's spoken of as Christ. He, he, that is, person ruling over nations, shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of the potter are shattered. As I also received authority from the Father. Because remember, Jesus is speaking there, speaking to the seven churches. The wording is very similar to Revelation 19 and 15 when it talks about Christ's reign. Okay? So there's some way that Christ reigns that we share in that, participate in that. Revelation 5 and 10. And he, you have made them a kingdom of priest kingdom and priest to our God and they shall reign upon the earth. Is that uh, too complicated to get for anybody? I don't mean to sound demeaning, but my point is it's pretty clear. It's not a hard statement to understand. Then there's Revelation 20. And it mentions this thousand years three times in Revelation 20. And I saw thrones, plural, and they sat on them and the judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who have been beheaded because... Now, wait a minute. There's people sitting on thrones. They're judging. And there's those people, and there's these people. I saw the souls of those who have been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus Christ, because of the word, those who did not, had not worshipped the beast or his image, and they, they who did not receive the mark on their forehead and on their hand. And they came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now, many want to argue that 1,000 years just means a long period of time. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. I just know 1,000 years is a long time. It says three times, 1,000 years. But it must mean something besides 1,000 years. Because of the language like the great dragon and the beast. See, that's allegorical language, so the 1,000 years is allegorical language. That's what they say. Anyway. Back to Daniel chapter 7, verses 17 and 18. And the four beasts are four kings. Oops, I didn't make that up, Glenn. It actually says it right there. Okay. Who shall reign, who shall rise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever. The anxious of days comes, verse 22, which read, and judgment will be given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. 
Verse 27, in the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole earth shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. I will wrap it up with this. The literal earthly reign of Jesus Christ testifies to. It testifies to the immutable plan of God. It doesn't change. A physical earthly reign of Christ testifies to the faithfulness of God. He kept, he's going to keep his promise to David that someone will sit upon his throne in Jerusalem and from that point on, no one else will reign but him. The little, literal earthly reign of Jesus Christ testifies to the justness of God. As like this last horn speaks blasphemy, rages war against the saints. God comes and vindicates that and sets us up to judge them. God, there's so much injustice in the world. I see the wicked getting by with so much. And when is this ever going to change? It'll change someday. And you've got to be one of those judges. It shows that God's justness on behalf of his saints. And finally, the literal earthly reign of Jesus Christ testifies to the unity of his word. What you have in the beginning is what you have in the end. It doesn't change between Genesis and Revelation. It is all unified, one glorious eternal plan of God. And he will fulfill it. Let's stand. And I know, and again, I realize it was a lot of scripture, but there's so many people have opinions about this, okay? And if this was a Wednesday night, we'd teach all those other opinions, and you get a chance to hear them where they come from. But man, I, I, for me, my theology's got to come from Scripture. That's all there is to it. Not Augustine, which I love his writings. Augustine was the first guy to come up with the idea of millennialism, really. Father, I thank you for your holy word, immutable, unchangeable. We can rely on it and count on it, whether it's Genesis 1 and 1 or all the way to the end. Surely I come quickly. Every bit of it is reliable. God, you are faithful to your promises. Your plan is not manipulated by people, and you will bring justice on the earth. God, when we we see these things, there's one thing we can say. Oh, praise our mighty God. Thank you, O Lord, for the cross of our Christ who will come and sit on this earth and the whole earth will be filled with his glory. I look forward to that day, oh God. It gives me hope because my hope is founded in you and your word. Amen. This is Pastor Randy Reams and I want to thank you for joining us today for Truths from God's Unchanging Word. This broadcast is a ministry outreach of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. And if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety or other messages, just visit kindredbible.org forward slash media. And there you can also subscribe to the podcast. If you're being ministered to by this broadcast, I'd like to ask you to consider financially supporting this ministry. Giving is easy. Just go to kindredbible.org forward slash give. There you can make a one-time gift or you can choose to become a monthly supporter. But if you prefer, you can send your gift to KBC, P.O. Box 32, Nampa, Idaho, 83653. 
Your prayers, words of encouragement, and financial support helps ensure that this broadcast will continue to be heard in your region and around the world. Again, I'd like to thank you for listening to Truths from God's Unchanging Word.